You quailing? Um, I'm on quaaludes. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> Feeling real relaxed. For uh, those not in the room right now, which would be everybody, Jeremy is on his side of the table with a the time is now Reagan Bush pin. Yeah. With some thumb throwing in for him <laughs> right now. Throwing in your support? Yeah, I think they're going to win in 80. <laughs> I think uh, they're what America needs right now. <laughs> this, this is the time is now Reagan Bush in 80, but the owner of this pen chose to cross out an 80 and then just kind of Markered in an 84, which I, th- I think is always pretty funny. So I've seen people do the same thing with like Trump signs. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't speak well, I think, of your candidate's uh, economic policies when you have to reuse the same stuff. <laughs> doesn't seem like things are better if you got to reuse the same campaign button from like five years ago. Uh, well,. Welcome to the Raincoat Report. This is Boss here with Jeremy. Hello, we're going to talk 1980s politics. Yes, and... No, 1880s. 1880s? I mean, this would be the 1980s. Oh, yeah. They're driving a car and stuff. I thought there was going to be a time travel element to this movie that wasn't there. (laughs) But uh, that's how we say where I come from. That's how we say welcome to the Raincoat Report. Yes, you come from a strange place, but... But here I am. Stranger <laughs> in a strange land. Yes. My name's Jeremy. That one over there, his name is Boss. Yep, yep, I did the introductions. Did you? Yes, I did. I missed that. We'll cut this out. <laughs> I will not. So, we introduced the episode like two or three times. So today we're talking about Henri Pichard... A.K.A. Ron Sullivan, A.K.A. the director of today's film, Showdown. Okay. Uh, from 1985. We don't really have a whole lot to say about him specifically, more about his movie. Yeah. Uh, but this movie has a fun cast of characters, including Sharon Mitchell as Crystal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gina Carrera, who yep. we just saw last week. Yep, returning. That was an accident. I picked both of these films, with, and I didn't see who was in them. <laughs> we also had Shannon McCullough, who I feel like we haven't seen enough of. No, she's been around, but it, it's been a while since she's popped up. Uh, Nina Hartley, who is uh, a legend of her own, but mm-hmm. I don't know that we've seen... Have we had any movies with her in it? None where uh, she would play a major enough role that I would remember. Fair enough. Uh, and of course, we have some gentlemen joining them. Okay. Oh, also Patty Petite. Oh yes, from uh, Tasty. Was she in Tasty? She was in Tasty. She awesome. Was, she won a radio contest and got banged. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, for gentlemen in this film, we of course have Jamie Gillis as Alvin. We have uh, Mike Horner as it's Jack. Theodore. <laughs> oh. And uh, Herschel Savage is Marty, but we also have uh, Joey Silvera as Clem, mm-hmm. Henri Pichard, the director himself, as Zeke, Yes, and uh, Morgan, played by Nick Random. Okay. Is Morgan the judge? Yes. Okay. Nick Random, I think, was also in Stiff Competition, I think, in like a very small role. I could believe that. Yeah, so we've got some returning cast from last week. Herschel Savage and Gina and uh, so forth. But uh, you can take the, the porn stars out of the city, but you can't take the, the city out of the the porn out of the city star. Radio killed the porno star. No, it didn't. Video killed the porno star. Yes. Okay. Okay, and... We're getting close to that. We are getting close to that, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, Showdown. It's uh, another late, well, late era film. Mm-hmm. Mid-80s film. Yeah, 19, what did you say, 83? 
85. 85. Okay. So yeah, it's a little bit older. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's right there. It's right there at the cutoff. It's the last, um, it's the last Western. <laughs> the last Western. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is a fun little, uh, movie about a lovely little brothel out in the West. Did you ever see the show Hey Dude? Yes, I remember Hey Dude. It's a lot like that. It is somewhat similar to that. There's less children involved, thankfully. Oh, yeah. Good, 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 good. <laughs> but uh, other than that, it's pretty similar. I don't remember Hey Dude as much as I remember Salute Your Shorts. When I try to conjure up memories of Hey Dude, it's all Salute Your Shorts memories. Yeah, I remember Hey Dude being the show that I tolerated so that I could watch Salute Your Shorts. Yeah, your parents made you watch Hey Dude. So you- <laughs> You can't watch your salute your shorts unless you've watched your hey dude. Like, I don't like it. I don't like this. It's good for you. I don't like this faked on knots. <laughs> no, I, I was just thinking about it and I was like, I can think of a lot of hey dude, but then you mentioned how all of your hey dude memories were salute your shorts memories, and then I kind of ran it through my head and realized that I was you're basically thinking, just thinking about salute your shorts. Yeah, you're just thinking about Budnick. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Fine show, classic, um, classic show. What else is classic is uh, this film that we're going to cover, I think, (laughs) right? That's what we do is cover classic pornography. Uh, I guess it's classic in the sense that it comes from the classic porn era. It's about 40 years old now. Everyone in this movie's dead. That's That's not not totally true. No, I think Joey... As listeners have pointed out, Joey Silvera is still very much alive, (laughs) despite what I've said. Um, Jamie Gillis is not. No, he's no longer with us. Herschel Savage is clinging on for dear life. (laughs) I imagine. But Last uh, time I checked, Nina Hartley was still alive. Yeah, yeah. Those are all... I follow follow them all on Twitter. They're fun. I don't know if there's uh, I have much to, else to say. I think we should just kind of let's get into this one. You know, let's, all right, let's take let's, a little break. Yeah, let's take a little break, and then we'll be back to talk about showdown. If I catch my woman turning trick with some slimy dude, I'm gonna take out my six gun and blow their butts off. Hold on, clam. You're not gonna be shooting anybody. Damn! Can't believe my woman left my spread to go work in a house of ill repute. I told Crystal, if I caught her housing prostitutes, I'd put her in jail for a long, long time. Damn, Sheriff, why'd you do that the first time you caught... Ain't like you to be so lenient with violators of the law. She told me that she'd given up her sinful ways. I showed compassion. But I was fooled. If I catch her doing it again, I'm gonna come down on her very hard. I sure could use some of her Irish whiskey. Is that why you wanted me to turn it back on? No, that was an accident. <laughs> don't Showdown starts. Actually, I don't know what happens at the beginning of Showdown. <laughs> I kind of my first note is that I missed the beginning. I hit play, and then I kind of looked out on my phone, and I looked up, and I was about seven minutes in, and I was like, "Well, that was probably was not important." So, boss will catch it. <sighs> it's always up to me to do the heavy lifting. Yeah, you're very strong. <laughs> so we see the credits for Showdown against a wall. Then we see Katie splashing herself outside in a barrel of water next to a horse pen. Another woman... It's a stable. Uh, it's not really a stable. It's an outside pen that they're oh, walking yeah. in. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I didn't see it, so I shouldn't say anything. Stop correcting me on things you don't know about. I can't help it. Wait until we get to the part of the movie that you saw before you start correcting me about the movie. Because I will probably be wrong about several things. So another woman, Bess, shows up. She's complaining about American men these days and mentions that... Uh, Katie should go inside and have a shower instead of splashing herself like an animal outside. Inside, we get introduced to Jenny and Liz. Jenny begs Liz for it, as she says, just one more time. Liz says she doesn't want to get it out. She'll get a fan instead. 
But Liz shows back up and she appears to have it, which is a strap-on. Jenny says that she wants Liz to go down on her, and Liz says after she puts it in her, she always feels very left out, so Jenny starts going down on Liz. Meanwhile, outside, Katie and Bess are scissoring and rolling around in the mud. Yeah. This is good old clean country fun. Crystal is talking to Morgan next. Morgan is the judge. Yeah, he's an old man. Uh, This is when I started paying attention. So, apparently her and her girls aren't allowed in town on account of the new sheriff in town. Morgan tells Crystal that he's only got time for a quickie. Crystal says she must have driven all the way to town for nothing, but Morgan reminds her that she had to drive there because it's the first of the month and she has to check in with him to stay out of jail. Yeah, it's her probation officer. Morgan has Crystal bend down in front of him, uh, standing, and he, sitting in the chair, eats her out from behind. We cut back to the girls in the mud pit. They're exchanging oral. We see Crystal blowing Morgan. She says he tastes as good as ever, and Morgan says that he makes sure to keep it nice and clean for her. Yeah. That's good. I don't like this old man's dirty talk. He (laughs) says some stuff about an old day sucker. I should have left him in the past. Liz is fucking Jenny with the strap on, and she's bent forward on the seat of a rocking chair. Liz comes as she's fucking Jenny, and they caress each other a bit. And it's at this point that we cut to our gentlemen. We have Marty, played by Herschel Savage, Mm -hmm. Alvin, played by Jamie Gillis, and Jack, played by Mike Horner. Mm -hmm. They're broken down in the desert. Uh, Jack notes they're within 15 miles of the ranch, and they should have enough gas to get there, but they don't have enough water. We see Crystal blowing Morgan still as he sits in a chair. Then she mounts him, sitting reverse cowgirl. After a bit, he pulls out and strokes to finish, and she rubs it a bit more. As he's coming, Crystal says, Well, here comes the judge! (laughs) That's how I found out he was the judge. Crystal says this is all worth it to keep out of jail, and Morgan says he'll keep her out of jail as long as she can fuck like that, which is definitely authorities abusing their power. No, that's fine. We cut to the group of guys walking down the row with their bags, and Crystal pulls up in her car and offers them a ride. She points out Jack is wearing a suit and tie in this heat, and notes that it's foolish when he talks about it being professional. And penny loafers. Indeed. She's very insistent about the penny loafers. (laughs) We then cut to Clem and Zeke. Clem is Joey Silvera, and Zeke is Henri Pichard. Uh Uh-huh. Clem is looking for Jenny, his love, and he wants Zeke to throw all of the whores in jail. (laughs) He knows the prostitution is against the law, and Zeke says they don't know for sure that that's what they're doing as he's taking a swig of wild turkey. Yeah, he's got that bottle of wild turkey the whole time. Do you know what they say? If it's brown, drink it down. Are we sponsored by Brown? Like <laughs> this the university? Episode, this episode of the Raincoat Report is brought to you by Brown. Yeah. If it's Brown, drink it down. Brown University. <laughs> That's one of the Ivies, I think. That's one I'm going to go to. You guys, if you subscribe to the Patreon, I can go back to school. <laughs> Jeremy's going to go to an Ivy League school off the Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be great. I'm going to join. I'm going to join. I'm going to get hazed. (laughs) I'm going to pledge. I'm going to do a keg stand. (laughs) Well, Clem notes to Zeke that prostitution's all Crystal's been known to do. We then see Crystal pulling up to her place in her car and... Katie and Bess are outside wrapped in towels. Crystal asks what they've been doing and asks them to help with the bags. Jenny and Liz meet them on the way in. Jack is a real wet blanket, but Alvin's ready to fuck already, as is tradition. Yeah, that's, that's my Jamie. 
Jack walks into another room and turns right back around, offended. He ran into Katie, who was standing up front naked. Alvin meets with her and is excited and taken aback when she says she's waiting to go to work. It's here that the guys realize that it's a whorehouse, which the guys are excited about. Mm-hmm. Well, Jack less so than everybody else. No, but they, he was expecting to go out. He wanted to go ride horses in the desert. Yeah, he wanted to ride horses in the desert and like reclaim his masculinity. It's about here in my notes that I know this is uh, kind of like porn city slickers. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know who's I don't know who's Billy Crystal. And I don't know the other city slickers. Was Tom Selleck one of them? I think Tom Selleck is one of them. I don't know. I remember it being a thing when I was a kid, but not really caring. Like, I think I saw the movies. And the second one's The Search for Curly's Gold, right? Yeah, it's The Quest for Curly's Gold. Okay. Sea Slickers 2, The Quest for... I saw them both a bunch because my dad liked them, so I would watch them with him. But I don't... I was too young to know who they all were, except for Billy Crystal. Because he was... uh, I think I thought he was Billy Joel for a while, too. I would love to see uh, Billy Crystal singing Piano Man. I think that he might have. Oh, it's I mean, le- oh, sorry, it's The Legend of Curly's Gold. Oh, uh, we were both wrong. <laughs> we were both fucked up. Daniel Stern? Really? Okay. Bruno okay. Kirby? That can't be right. They got to... What about City Slickers too? The Raincoat Report is brought to you by Brown. <laughs> if it's brown, drink it down. Jack Palance was Curly... Oh, okay, yeah. Let's see slickers too. They're racing again. <laughs> what are my fucking neighbors doing? They are in a Too Fast and Too Furious style <laughs> race league. Specifically the sequel, because that's how I said it. Did you learn anything else about City Slickers too? Yeah, I don't know how we thought Tom Selleck was in it. Apparently John Lovitz is in the sequel. Okay. Oh, so Tom Selleck was not in it at all? Yeah, no. Uh, I think he's got Jack Palance maybe mixed up with... Maybe Daniel Stern had a mustache. <laughs> uh, well, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The whole point was I haven't seen City Slickers since I was a kid, and I was not really interested in I think, going out of my way to do it again. I think Jamie Gillis would be the Bruno Kirby, because I don't remember him. Billy Crystal would be uh, Mike Horner, and uh, (laughs) Jack Palance is the judge. Okay, that makes sense. That's curly, because his dick's all curly. (laughs) Curly like a pig's? Yeah. (laughs) Can we talk about this movie instead of my extended, confused City Slickers ramble? Alvin notes that a dude ranch that's a whorehouse is a great idea. Jack notes it's illegal. Jack says that they had every intention of going to an authentic dude ranch, horse riding, campfires, etc. Crystal, however, assures them that they can offer extra services, but they are a real dude ranch. Jack finally agrees, saying that in the morning he'll have one poached egg, toast, tea, and blueberry jam. We then see Bess approach Marty. She's wearing a fur vest and chaps, and she suggests that they try some bucking. Says, haven't you tried? He starts to make out with her and lick and suck on her nipples. Uh, it's worth noting this is, I guess, in some like shed or like it's in, it's in the other barn. room. Okay. The barn. This is, she looks like Torgo's wife. Because <laughs> of her like furry chaps. Yeah. <laughs> She gets down and pulls out his cock and starts to blow him. Marty says, this is what I like about the West. He asks where she learned how to do that, and she says they do a lot of things like that in these parts. Marty's sitting on a saddle, and she kisses him and then turns around, backing onto his cock and squatting onto it, riding his cock. This scene started with, like, no music, and then it finally kicks in during this. Mm Mm-hmm. He says he can't hold out much longer, and Bess says that she wants him to show it to her, so she gets back down and finishes him off with her hands and mouth. He says that was a great writing lesson as she sucks his cock a bit more. 
We cut back to Clem making threats about what happens if he finds his woman with some John. Yeah. Zeke says he'll do nothing, but he wishes that they had Irish whiskey instead of the wild turkey that he's drinking. I think it either's fine. Um, I will say I think that's if it's the, brown, drink it down. I think the raincoat oh, report is brought to you by Brown. I love brown. If it's brown, drink it down. I think if you think about it. That was too much brown. Yeah, you had too much. I think that that's actually the last you see of Herschel Savage in this film. I don't know if his character ever shows back up. I feel he like might he popped be like, up at the end. Or he might like, like show up like incidentally, like when they go to ride horses and stuff. But I don't think there's like any more speaking parts for him. Yeah, he, he's like, I'm done writing. I want to go to the bunk. <laughs> and then I guess he just spends the last rest of the movie just draining a sack. <laughs> we see Liz and she's upset because she's been trying to seduce Jack which he shows no interest she and Crystal are talking and are questioning his sexuality because of this Jack approaches and is offended and says that they're wrong to assume things and that he vaguely mentions something about having specific interests or something but it's not really uh, explicitly explained we cut to Alvin and Katie. Alvin says directly that he wants to fuck, but Katie says that she has to teach him to do the normal dude ranch stuff first, and she offers to take him for a ride. He says that he wants a ride, but she means a horse. Oh, yeah. We then see Jack riding a horse. He seems fairly capable. We then cut back to Alvin on his horse. His horse isn't doing anything. He's just sitting still. But he mimes like he's telling his horse not to move. Crystal watches, shaking her head. We cut to a hole-in-the-wall bar where Zeke and Clem are drinking. Mm -hmm. Clem hasn't eaten anything but grits in the month since Jenny <laughs> left him. <laughs> and this, this fact is repeated several times. That's why I thought he was dead. <laughs> so I heard he had just eaten grits for like a solid month. I assumed his heart stopped. He's been eating grits since the 80s. <laughs> Zeke says that as a sheriff, he can't be sweet on girls like Crystal, but Clem assures him that Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp did. Alvin is complaining to Marty about being out in the desert as he's sitting on his horse. Zeke and Clem show up and see this horseback riding session. Of everything to them, however, appears to be on the up and up, or at least to Zeke. Jack pretends to be an instructor, and Zeke tells Clem that they need to leave. Clem says, not without Jenny, but Zeke says that they're not doing anything illegal, so they have to leave. We then cut to Alvin asleep in a hammock, and Katie approaches, reaching in between his legs a few times and rubbing his crotch before sitting on the edge of the hammock and massaging the outside of his jeans a bit more thoroughly. He looks up at her, and she unbuttons his jeans, and they start to make out. I feel like this hammock has a lot of slack. Yeah, I don't know. Like, th this whole thing seems like it would be really complicated and hard to manage. I think so. I think but, that's why they gave it so much slack. But I think that whatever they did worked out pretty well. Yeah. So I think this is a pretty hot sex scene in this hammock. Yeah. It helps that Shana McCullough is super hot, and of course, Jamie Gillis is a pro. Yes, it does. We see Crystal talking to Jenny. Five stars. <laughs> we see Crystal talking to Jenny, saying that husband of hers is going to ruin her business. Jenny says that a good man is hard to find, and Crystal says that a hard man is good to find. I wonder how many times that's been said in pornographic films. I know we've seen it like featured like at least like one time before. Yes, I remembered this being something that came up on the podcast at yeah. some point. <laughs> It might, I can't remember what film it is. It might have been in Matinee Idol. Um, that sounds right. I think that that might have been like something John Leslie said to like, was it Veronica Hart? Something, whoever it was. That sounds towards, right. Towards the end of the film. When yeah. he was trying to convince her to marry him. But That was a pretty good movie. That's a good movie. It's the second week in a row I've brought it up. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. Uh but I think it's a good line, just in general. And yeah. It's a, 
It has a ring of truth to it. Yes, it does. Hard man is good to find. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it depends on the context. The context. Like when I'm when I'm going to bed at night, and like if you, like I, pulled I went the covers to... back, and there was a hard man there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would not be as good to find. I guess not. <laughs> Especially if you're really tired. Every I'm time. just trying to go to bed, and now I have to figure out why there's this hard man in my bed. Yeah. All right. So. I guess if you're expecting a hard man, he's good to find. Yes. If you want a hard man, it's good to find. That doesn't roll off. That's not as pithy. <laughs> Crystal and Jenny continue to talk and mention how what Jack did earlier was nice pretending to be an instructor. Crystal tells Liz to take Jenny with her on whatever she's doing. We go back to Alvin and Katie, and he's massaging her breasts as uh, she opens up her jean jacket. She's in a full Canadian tuxedo. And uh, then she starts to suck his cock. He sucks on her nipples, and she unbuckles her belt and unbuttons her pants. They make out more, and she slides her jeans down, and then he penetrates her from behind as they lay sideways. After a bit, they reposition and fuck doggy style. Uh, there's a really good shot that we get a few cuts to of her from below the hammock. Yeah. Where her tits are kind of mashed up against the rope and everything. Hell yeah. It's pretty good. Solid. But this whole hammock sex thing seems really complicated to me. What are you doing? Are you fingerboarding over there? I'm just playing with my pen under the table. <laughs> okay, it's a pen. Yeah, it's a pen. It Not dropped. a little skateboard. <laughs> no, I don't have a like a finger deck. Were you into that as a kid, as a teenager, or whenever that was? No, I, I like Yu-Gi-Oh cards. <laughs> I, I had I had a few little uh, finger boards back in the day. <laughs> it wasn't like my primary collecting thing, but right. I've had like two had or couple. three. Yeah, you would just show them off when your friends came over. And, you know, These are my finger boards. They're not a big deal. <laughs> I'm really kind of a championship level fingerboarder. <laughs> I like that's where your mind went. I was over here just like playing with a little skateboard under the table. It's, I was, it's like, man, this podcast sucks. <laughs> yeah. After a while, uh, Alvin pulls out and comes on her ass. Clem and Zeke show back up and Clem is waving around a gun before Zeke yells at him to put it away. Crystal tells Clem that Jenny doesn't want anything to do with him. And then Crystal tells them that they're just running a dude ranch. Western entertainment and Irish whiskey. She asks Zeke if he misses her. And uh, the two turn around. We cut to Jack brushing a horse. He says, Women. Liz and Jenny approach Jack and say that it was a nice thing that he did. And Jack says that there's no need to thank him, but... Jenny assures him that they really want to thank him. Jenny walks Jack to a stall where Liz is laying there naked. Jack stutters and stammers a bit, but finally he can't resist the ladies and jumps on top of Liz. The girls roll him over and undress him in the stall. Jenny undresses as Jack and Liz make out, and Jack sucks on Liz's nipples. Liz starts to blow Jack as Jenny... Rubs her ass and vagina as she sits on a hay bale nearby. Yeah, this isn't, it's not quite a threesome. There are three people present, but she's just sort of showing off for the cameras. Well, I think that that ultimately is important to the plot line, and we'll get to that later. But Jenny doesn't really engage with any of the guys in this film, if you pay attention. Oh, yeah. I didn't. Well, until later. Their listeners should pay more attention uh, if they see this film than I did. (laughs) Jeremy didn't watch this movie. I watched 95% of it. I can't wait to see how much of this Patreon episode you watch. I watched all of it. It was like 80-something minutes. It's long. I mean, it is kind of long for what it is to be. We'll get okay. We'll get to that on Patreon, yeah. folks. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Raincoat Report. Five dollars a month, you get two bonus episodes, early access to our regular episodes, and no ads. Are we done? Now we don't need to do that at the end. We at don't got to do that again. Okay, good. It's gonna make it a lot easier. 
at the end. Let's start adver- doing all the advertising up front. And we'll, we can just, we'll just advertise at random times, I think, is the way to do it. I'm just end it, and I just slam the door when we're done. <laughs> this goes on for quite a while, with uh, Liz sucking his cock really fast for a bit, and then sucking his balls. Jenny's just sitting in the background playing with herself. Jack's fingering Liz as she keeps blowing him, and then Liz puts a condom on Jack, mm-hmm. and then gets on top of him. He's not very hard here, and they're struggling a bit at first, but we finally get some penetration shots after a bunch of non-penetration shots. Jenny stands in front of Liz and bends over so that Liz can eat her out from behind. We then cut to Crystal laying in bed. Clem is outside yelling for Jenny, and we see Jenny climb in bed with Crystal. Clem yells, Jenny! I hate grits. I'm sick of eating grits. Come on down here. Clem's a bit of a, he's a bit of a Forrest Gump. Yes, he is. And he's got his one agenda, which is that he doesn't want to eat grits. Yeah. Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry I ruined your Black Panther party, Jenny. I don't want to eat no more grits with Lieutenant Dan. Jenny, why you got to die of the AIDS? Oh, yeah. That's, well, I, I, I checked. Because he puts a condom on in this one. I had to check to see. I don't think my corner had AIDS. I wanted to, I wanted to check. And I didn't find that out. I think it's just supposed to be... A, it's a safe sex. Safe sex in the whorehouse. Although all the other whore sex isn't safe, so I don't know. I think... I'm going to say in this case, it's actually... It's in character, I think, for this kind of... Sort of prissy guy to slap a rubber on before he just starts pounding away at anybody. But she puts it on him. I mean, granted, he could have requested it. But at the same time, she does a really bad job of putting this condom on, by the way. They're hard to put on. I get it backwards. Well, they get... You can get them backwards. But I think the biggest problem here is uh, she didn't, like, pinch the tip when she put it on. Mm. So there's, like, air in the end in it. And it can bust because of that. Yeah. gotta watch out. Oh, no. Even if somebody doesn't talk you into taking the condom off, you can still have an accident. Oh, no. Wow. That was probably not an issue here. I don't think so. My corner's fine. He's still alive. Jenny starts to caress Crystal in bed and then starts to rub her crotch. Then she starts to go down on her. I I think there is good sound design in this scene. There's uh, crickets that are kind of going off while he's... (laughs) He's just yelling outside Gen- the whole time. Jenny, and there's a good, uh, there's a good bit of a southern uh, humidity to the night, you know, like a <laughs> sort of a Tennessee Williams sort of play. Jenny. <laughs> After a bit, Jenny stops, and Crystal says, "Well, he's your man." So Jenny pauses and then gets up. We cut to the daytime, and Jimmy and Clem ride towards each other on a horse, <laughs> each on a horse. And uh, meet up. They stop and kiss, and then they take off in the same direction. So we saw in horse silhouette them reconcile. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's where I wrote in my notes. This is basically like if John Ford did a porno film. <laughs> <laughs> that is like uh, the desert's kind of bleak in this film. Yeah, like it's a lot of like brown. You know, well, if it's brown, drink it down. You can't drink. This dirt. episode is sponsored by dirt. brown. <laughs> You can only drink mud. Oh, yeah. Like a mudslide? That's a good little drink. Well, if it's brown, drink it down. That's what I've always said, but I will say... Um, Do you think that we could get sponsored by like a... By brown? The by color? Brown? <laughs> yes. I think we should get sponsored by like a brown gravy. <laughs> a brown gravy would be pretty funny. <laughs> like, uh, who makes gravies nowadays? Uh... Or Orville Redenbacher. <laughs> Alpo. Or- Orville Redenbacher? That's fucking popcorn. What are you talking popcorn about? Popcorn and gravy. You- no. The classic Southern delight. No, you're a maniac. <laughs> That's not real. But uh but 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 the scene of them riding off in silhouette despite <laughs> the the overall kind of bleak brown is a very solid uh, John Ford type Western shot, which I- I'm glad we got something like. But uh, go ahead. I'm still trying to think of what popcorn and gravy would taste like. 
I bet it's like poutine. You'd have to go to Canada, and I bet it's great. <laughs> but you can't eat it here at all. No, uh, but it's a brown gravy. It's not a white gravy. Right, so See, it's a little different from poutine. If you go to Dairy Queen, you can get the chicken basket, and they got a they got a white gravy in that. Didn't you get food poisoning from that? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's been like three or four months and I haven't dared to even eat Dairy Queen since. That's fair. The thought of it makes me ill. Um, yeah, I got a little bit of... Uh, uh, a little not, bit of brown? Well, that wasn't brown. I mean, what came of it was brown. But it was white gravy. It was white gravy and chicken. Now, I think a brown gravy, I probably would have been fine. Like on a Salisbury steak <laughs> or on a mashed potato. <laughs> Brown gravy's thinner. I think there's less of a chance for like salmonella to like form in it. This episode of the Raincoat Report <laughs> is brought to you by Brown. <laughs> if it's brown, drink it down. Let's finish this goddamn episode. We cut to Jenny and Clem on a blanket. Jenny says that she missed Clem, and he says that he missed her and her cooking. And <laughs> of course, he puts in her cooking. But uh, they start to make out. Clem unbuttons Jenny's shirt and starts to lick and suck on her nipples and then reaches up her skirt to play with her vagina. He slides down his pants and Jenny starts to suck his cock. After a bit, Clem mounts Jenny missionary. There's a nice shot of them fucking behind a bunch of horse legs. Yeah, I think it would have been good if there had been a a horse dick in the shot. (laughs) Some Emmanuel in America stuff. Yeah, I don't want us to interact with it, but, you know, just flopping. (laughs) After a while, Clem pulls out and comes on her stomach and chest. Then we cut to Zeke yelling for Crystal. She comes out and says, A woman's gotta do what a woman's gotta do. He explains that Clem ran off with Jenny, and she tells him to make his move then. And he says a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. So he reaches into his jacket and the camera focuses on his gun at first. And then it pans over to Crystal reaching under her dress. He pulls out a rose and she pulls out a bottle of champagne. I think it's a bottle of Irish whiskey. Oh, I guess that would make sense. I thought it was champagne. It's Murphy's Oh, Irish whiskey. I wrote down... I, they didn't have I didn't it pay at, attention, I guess. They didn't have it at the liquor store. I tried to find it. That makes a lot of sense, though, thematically. Yeah, I wanted to bring you some brown that was... Um, that also um, makes sense why you said you were going to bring Irish whiskey. Yeah, you weren't paying... How did I not watch the movie, but you didn't get like the main like through line? I mean, I wrote it down. I wrote down all of it, but I just didn't absorb any of it until I've read it all just now. Okay. I can only do one thing. I can only experience the movie or write notes on it. <laughs> One of the two. You're going to start watching all the movies twice. Ugh. No, it's fine. You love them. I love them. I love this podcast. It's tough to watch someone's pornography all at once. I get it. (laughs) Crystal asks the sheriff if she has to go to jail, and he says yes, but she'll just be at the jail, spending time with him. Aw. Alvin leaves with Katie, Jack leaves with Liz, and Marty leaves with Bess. Zeke kisses Crystal, and they go inside as we cut to the credits. And that was Showdown. There was a showdown in the end. At the end of the day, we were all shown down. Just like Shinedown. Oh, yeah. Staring down the barrel of a 45, 45. I think that okay, was their song. Okay, uh, we're going to cut now to break <laughs> you want to hear before me he sings any more shine down it's the best of and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on showdown 2007 stop it
down, down to brown, brown town. <laughs> you know those songs are all sung by uh, Tony the Tiger? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Thur- that sounds right. Thurl Ravenscroft. What a name. What a name indeed. I would much rather talk about brown than talk about showdown. Actually, I'd rather I'd like to talk about showdown. I, you should talk about showdown then. And, and do you think like sort of like a raincoat review would probably encapsulate that? I think that if I were in your shoes, I would probably do a full blown raincoat review. I don't have any shoes, but I'm going to do it anyway. If I were in your socks, I don't need, I, my feet are over here. They're bare. They're stinking. Oh, gross. Yeah, they smell bad. I assumed that you were in some socks that you were going to leave at my house so that, like, I found them later and was like, oh, these aren't my socks. I mean, I've, I'm leaving them in your house, but I'm not wearing them. Did you come with socks? Oh, I always come with socks. That's <laughs> <laughs> how I keep it clean. Just put the sock on the tip, blow in it, and toss it on the ground. It's fine. I'm sure Carol's tired of that by now. Well, she could kick me out. <laughs> I, could live, I could live on your back porch. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to do a raincoat review instead. Okay, showdown? 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 I'm talking about... Uh, showdown. I'm talking about Naruto Shippuden. Okay. Are you talking... Are, are we going to do a Naruto cast? Okay. I, can't I don't imagine. know anything about Naruto. I could tell you. I know what he looks like. Yeah, he's a little blonde. He kind of like Bart Simpson, but if he was a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> he's got this pointy blonde hair and an orange shirt. I think his pants are also orange and not blue. But uh, Yeah, he's a little orange boy. Yeah, he's a Garfield. He does not like Mondays, and he loves lasagna. Yeah, that's why he's just a big fat ninja. <laughs> But I'm going to talk about Showdown, which was a film by uh, Murphy Brown. <laughs> this episode of the Raincoat Report is brought to you by, by Brown. By Murphy's Brown. By Murphy's Brown. If the you finest Irish whiskey. If it's Murphy's Brown, drink it down. If it's Murph, if it's Murphy's Brown, drink it down. <laughs> Our like second highest listenership is Ireland. By the way, we got it. We need to. They like it. I think they do. You're right. Yeah. There used to be in put down. By Americans. Well, the thing is... We don't have the moral high ground. We the, never did, but we definitely don't now. The thing is, is we're like... We do like an ignorant American thing, and all our international listeners kind of laugh about it. Okay. And that's kind of oh, like... Oh, is that part of our... Is that part of the bit? It's, part of, it's always been kind of a part of my bit. Oh. I'm chomping at the bit to talk about this movie, so why don't you shut up and let me do this review? Because it's been like five minutes. It has not. It has only been three minutes and 29 seconds. God, time is so fucking long. Go ahead. Okay. At your own pace. Okay. Don't worry about freaking out. I'm not. This Settle one is down. another... Stop freaking a, out. We got another... We, this week we have another Gina Carrera uh, vehicle, I would say. The second that we've like ever had yeah (laughs) (laughs) our careers like hers it's picking up fast this one i would say it's no stiff competition i'll I'll tell you that right now off the bat i don't think it reaches those uh artistic heights it does have one thing the stiff competition didn't have jamie gillis yes (laughs) yeah that's accurate man that would have been a five if jamie gillis had showed up he was just showed up, and he was just the pervert of the movie. Yeah, if he was just some pervert, it would have been a five. But this movie is a, a bit different from Stiff Competition all around. Uh, at the top of the show, I kind of mentioned I thought there was going to be some kind of time travel gimmick. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but what instead we got is kind of a relaxing uh, vacation of a rom-com. We get uh, a nice ensemble cast of some of the... The, the best doing a, uh, a nice, a, a relaxing film where uh, there's nothing to do but uh, fuck and drink Irish whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. I would say uh, 
consult your notes. This is a good time to mention that this episode of the Raincoat Report is brought to you by Brown. Stop this. If it's brown, drink it down. No one's going to ever have brown again because you've over-promoted it. <laughs> I think if you subscribe to the Patreon, there probably won't be any more brown ads. I'm going to say that right now. I'm not going to commit to that. <laughs> Let's, that was, that, that was pro the, bono the, ads. Sonny Bono? That was the pro Sonny Bono ads. Pro fucking hitting the, the anti-tree. tree. Anti-tree pro bono ads. Okay. Um, I, find, I don't know. I just find this film to be sort of a... Uh, he got share. He did get share. And he was... Wasn't he a senator or something? Yes. It's fucked up. That tree. Tree killed him. Just goes to show you can't trust trees. Um, but what you can trust is my taste in films. Uh, this film is a nice and the uh, relaxing vacation from the... Uh, the uh, hard-hitting blockbuster films like uh, Stiff Competition and Water Power. Doesn't have quite the hustle and bustle of the city. More no. the uh the relaxed pace of the West out yeah, in the country. The rela- yeah, out in the country where man can breathe the air. Uh, gross. Uh, I would ultimately, I would say this film has some solid performances. There isn't much to a whole lot of it. I would... You know, plot wise, uh, yeah, it's kind of got that sort of that uh, lazy production of "Hey, we're just shooting a fuck film here." You could see this as like almost like a, a transition type film to the video era, yeah, kind of like some of Carlos Tobolina's late films, yeah, yeah, or definitely. some of his like mid career films yeah, too, first, really, yeah. Where it's like they're, I feel like they're giving this more effort than most of the video films that I've seen. Or yeah. video movies right. that I've seen, but at the same time, it's kind of less effort than a lot of the movies. Like, this is an Henri Pichard film, and yeah. he has set quite a high bar for himself, and this does not reach quite that bar. No, yeah. But I would say at the same time, there's good cinematography and stuff. It's just like, yeah, this film's thin. Yeah, it's got a very thin premise that... uh they milk as much out of as I feel like they're willing. I would say really beyond like the, uh, the horse cops, there's not a ton of, uh, plot conflict or anything like that. Yeah. But you do have a cast of, uh, solid stars who put in some good performances. I really do like particularly the Herschel Savage and Jamie Gillis. I think scenes are, uh, highlights. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's kind of like a mid-quality film. I would probably give it probably about a three on a good day. Okay. Uh, but out west, it's always sunny. So, yeah. you know, take that for what you will. I would say it doesn't really do enough to exploit the western theme that it has. Yeah. And going back quite a bit, when they first pull up to the ranch, there's a garage with a a, uh, a basketball hoop on it. And there was never a single pickup game between Herschel Savage or Jamie Gillis, which if you'd put that in there, I probably would have bumped it up to a four. If uh, there'd what, been some fouls. What was the movie that we saw where uh, there was a basketball game with Lisa DeLeo in it? Summer camp girls. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. a great film. That was a this great is, film. This, this is not that. This is not summer camp girls at all. No, my review has been very, um, fucked up because of all the brown you had me drink because we were because in this <laughs> one specifically well every time you we were sponsored by it i've been having a sip <laughs> i'm sorry that i promoted brown so much and oh influenced God. you uh, i so, i'm sorry that i just said it again and you took another drink <laughs> i'm getting ready for the patreon episode man no the patreon episode is going to be off the rail so yeah it's going to be a fucking nightmare do you want to give a look I feel like you've kind of said a little bit. But you I've wanna, said a little bit, but I, let me get let me into glue, it. So, yeah. yeah, so uh, Summer Camp Girls is a great movie, but that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about Showdown, and Showdown is an okay movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it does have some great talent in it. Um, of course, we have established stars in Jamie Gillis, uh, Herschel Savage, uh, 
Mike Horner, Joey Silvera, and all that. But and they all bring you know what they can to their roles. The problem with this film is just that the plot's kind of thin. Yeah. But then again, if you compared it to a modern porn film, I would say that the plot was very heavy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, uh, we'll get to that on our next Patreon. But yeah, yeah, yeah. what I would say is that this film is competent, but not a whole lot better than competent. Um, it does have some great performances. Sharon Mitchell's great. Jamie Gillis is great. Everybody's great, really. I did neglect that, but I do like Sharon Mitchell's performance in this. I like her in just about everything. Yeah, Sharon Um, Mitchell's rock solid. She's she's great. great. She made, if you see a lady with short hair, you gotta think Sharon Mitchell, probably. Probably, ultimately. yeah. Yeah, there's a great episode of the Rialto Report with her in it. It's pretty good. She's she's great. Let's get her. She's still she's one of those people that's kind of like in the periphery of porn still. Mm-hmm. Like she raises funds for various things and uh she's still engaged with that world and that's pretty cool. And of course, you know, you got your Herschel Savage, Joey Silvera and all of that. But the ladies here, which may not have gotten all of the credit that they deserve, uh they're excellent as well of course gina carrera which we saw last week i want to shout out to shannon mccullough yeah i've said before that i have a thing for redheads and i thought she was super hot in this movie Mm -hmm. and you know the fact that she had a sex scene with jamie gillis certainly didn't hurt no uh but you know her on her own rock solid smoke show it's a solid performance it's a solid you know it's better than you know, we've got Nina Hartley, who I've seen in porn in the 2000s and later. Yeah, she's... <laughs> she's great. She's got, a, like, a long history as, like, a an educator and stuff like that. Yeah. She's great, and she mm. still has worked in porn. Maybe not super recently. I don't know. I didn't look it up. But she's got a long career in porn. Of course, we had Henri Pichard himself in a non-sex role, which is fun. Yeah, I think it's best that he was on a non-sex role. <laughs> I'm happy for that as well. So we did have the judge in either case, uh, Nick Random. Yes, we did have Nick Random, who uh, I'm kind of interested in. Uh, he was the you know the judge in this, but I wonder how much. Let's see. Yeah, he had a porn career that ranged quite a period of time. Uh-huh. Uh, his first. Credit is 1983, and his last credit is 2007. I wonder if that's, like, archival footage. It looks like he kind of stopped steadily making stuff in 93, so I bet a lot of that is, like, archival stuff or whatever. CNBC has described Nina Hartley as a legend in the adult world. and I would agree. I don't know how you get more official than that. I've seen her in a lot of, like, uh educational stuff and like femdom stuff in like recent years that sounds right that's great i love it um i think this film as a whole (laughs) as a whole (laughs) i think this film as a whole is not like excellent but at the same time is competent i mean you have Henri pichard and like I would say that this isn't his best work, but at the same time, his like mediocre work is better than some of th- some people's best work. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's good. We have a good cast of characters here. We've got a good lineup of superstars and uh, superstars in the making. And uh, the sex is good. I thought it was quite horny. But at the same time, the plot itself is kind of thin. The music is non-existent for a lot of the movie. Yeah. It, and then it, when it kicks in, it's not like great. No, it's like there's um there's some synth hoedown sounds and some... I've definitely heard worse, but at the same time, it's not worth giving extra credit for. No, it's not like... To go back to last week uh, with Stiff Competition... The brown doesn't flow quite as easily from the uh, <laughs> from the source. <laughs> I just took a big old drink of bourbon. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're just like the old west. We're just fucking rip shit. <laughs> we're rip shit and doing podcasts. So I appreciate you, uh, everybody who's listening, and especially the patrons. 
But the music in Stiff Competition is a, uh, like I said, like the cues are all kind of on point and make sense. Yeah, they're fine. This one has that kind of mid-80s problem where sometimes the music will come in like three quarters of the way through a scene. Right, like there's um, no music at all for a long it's, period. It's just a symphony of springs and grunts. Right. Um, which I always find just a little bit distracting, I think, as far from like a filmmaking standpoint. Not so much sure. a sex standpoint, because sex sounds can be nice. But uh, I think from filmmaking, I think it helps to have that, that little bit to uh, score it. Did you give this a score? I have not given this score yet, so I'm going to also give it three stars. That's it. I think that it was entertaining and it was horny, but at the same time, it kind of failed as a movie as a whole. Yeah. Like, the storyline is, it's there, it's good enough, but it's only good enough. Yeah, I would Um, say, yeah, it all kind of... I guess failed is is the wrong term for it. It's just, it did not excel in any way. I think, yeah, I think it hooks all the constituent parts together to make a cohesive whole, but it didn't really go beyond that to make, like, a film that was really worth recommending or ultimately probably remembering. Yeah, I mean, if once you, all this browns through my system, it's that movie's gone. <laughs> I would say that, like, if you have this movie, then watch it. Sure, why not? But uh, if you had like thirty other movies that you could watch instead of it, there probably are thirty movies worth watching ahead of it, or or potentially a hundred plus episodes of a uh, <laughs> podcast known as the Raincoat Report. Bringing you weekly the best, the worst, and the weirdest of uh, classic porn. Yeah, if you've just like I recently would... started listening, go ahead and go back and listen to all the past episodes. And while you're at it, this episode is brought to you by Brown. If it's brown, drink it down. But in the meantime, <laughs> but in the meantime, uh, this is this is it's not like a bad movie at all. Uh, I, the fact that I had it on DVD and then I watched it, I was happy. That I watched it. There's a lot of hot sex in it, and that's yeah. good. It's just it didn't go above and beyond, which is where I think you have to go in order to get like three and a half and above stars. Yeah, I would say like when I picked it, you kind of, you said you had watched it before and kind of remember it being as okay. And I feel like it's slightly better than okay, but not enough to get beyond okay. Yeah, it, it's on a, the scale of Henri Pichard films, it kind of brings up the rear but at the same time it's not like a bad movie yeah there's a lot of hot people in it they're having good sex it's shot fine there's some there's some decent comedy in it as well like as far as that whole thing but uh i would say it definitely seems like the kind of film you would maybe just kind of put on if you're trying to have sex but don't really care about the plot more or so less. so in your posi- in your uh, situation, you're wanting to specifically have sex with somebody as you watch the movie. Sometimes, you know that's, that's pretty cool. Like I've done that before. You go on Craigslist and you go on the Casual Encounters, and they'll be like, <laughs> "Give me a blowjob. I'm, I'm gonna put some porn on." That, okay, that's how it happens sometimes. I've never experienced that, but well, you know, never... I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I know it exists. Oh, it exists. Buddy, and they'll show worse than this. And so you should be thankful at the end of the day that you have not forgot your raincoat and you've kept all your brown down. Keep all your brown down, and listeners. Follow, yep, and follow us at on Instagram and Twitter at uh, Raincoat Report. Yep. And we advertised a Patreon earlier, so you yep. know how that goes. Do that. And uh, in the meantime, drink your brown and don't forget your brown raincoat. I feel like this um, review section has been as long as the main episode at this point. So, uh, good night. It's okay. We're good. Bye-bye. Bye.